0: Well, we've been in a series. We're getting close to wrapping up here, but you know, we we go until um, just feel like we need to disconnect. You know, and as things come, uh, just do our best to flow with those things. I don't want to cut it off. Go well. That's 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 enough. We're just going to cut it off and go. No, then somebody might miss their answer. And so then, you know, when people go back and listen to them, we hit a subject from different angles as we believe we're led, and that's just how we you know, generally led to do things. And, you know, you get it, you get saturated with something It changes your heart. It changes your behavior, and that's what we're after. And so um, we've been in a series called Always Winning. And uh, let's look at a few verses that we've looked at to get going, and then we're going to go into the area that we have for tonight. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. It says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Thanks be to God who always, everybody say always, 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 say it again, always Always leads us in triumph in Christ. In the voice uh, version, it says, yet I am so thankful to God who always marches us to victory under the banner of the anointed one. In the message it says, in the Messiah, in Christ, God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory parade. So that's the heart of God is for us to just go from one thing to another. And you don't, you don't glorify, it's 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 not about you winning in life, it's about you winning in him and doing his work. In other words, it's not about this is not a success thing, like you being successful in and of yourself. The world teaches that and it's selfish. It's not about that, it's about you doing what God would call you to do. But as you do that, this is the Bible we're reading, this is not somebody's philosophy. Of course, God wants you to win. God is never—it's a religious idea that somehow God would undercut you, send you to do a task, and then oppose you in doing it. Yeah. Think—can you think of an organization that's legit, a good organization, good company on the face of the earth that they give you a task and then they do—they they just well they'll just trip you up or come against you or uh, you know make it so you can't accomplish your task. That would be dysfunctional and just stupid. Waste of resources, waste of money. People be running out the door. You know, if you have a boss that gives you a task and then tries to sabotage you, <laughs> it's not a place you want to work. But people attribute that to God. Well, you know, he's given you, he, he, you know, you want to do his work. You just don't know what he'll do, you know. He might cripple you. He might take out your business to teach you something. That's stupid. God's not stupid. That's what this verse is saying. He always wants you to win. Now, you need to be subject to Him, and if you do stuff your own way, it's not Him messing with you. You're just yielding yourself to the world and to the enemy. But if we'll just yield to Him, His path is always victory, period. And if it doesn't look like it right now, we just say, No, but God, I know you're leading me in the right way, and so I'm going to stay with you. It's not your will that I be destroyed. Destruction, death is from the devil. It's not from God, period. If we can just get that done, we're down. We're so far ahead of the majority of the world. Just if you know, destruction is bad. It's never good. There is no blessing in disguise. Did you hear me? There is no such thing as a blessing in disguise. Now, things could happen in... We'll read this. I, I think God can turn it for good, but that's not the same as God trying to bless you through destruction. That's not a true concept. God does not use destruction to bless you, it just straight up bless you. He bless you in spite of the junk that's in the world. Yes. So we gotta look at the Bible, not look at religious ideas. First Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us the victory in the Young's literal translation says, And to God thanks to him who is giving us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. To him who is giving us the victory. So he is perpetually, he's giving us the victory. That means he's giving you the victory now. Like we've said all along, it doesn't matter. You don't go by what you see. You say, no, he's given me the victory. You watch. Just even, just even natural thinking. You know, we talk about people having a can-do attitude. You've got to separate what the Bible says from just, you know, natural thinking. But if you look at just people in the natural, if you're playing sports, you don't go by what the score is to say, oh, well, I'm finished. Yeah. You, you keep, uh, if you're going to, just having at it, adi- just talking in the natural. had an attitude of what it doesn't matter. you're saying it's not over. We're going up, well, how much more when you're talking about serving God? You, it doesn't matter. you don't go by what you see. you don't you don't go by by circumstance. you say it doesn't matter. I serve God and he is giving me the victory. right now he's leading me to victory. He's marching me on to victory. I I am in victory mode. I have to stay there. Otherwise, I'll start drifting, and then I can be destroyed. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Let's look at that tonight. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. It says, and he said to me, my grace, this is the Apostle Paul writing. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities or weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches, in needs, in persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In the Amplified, it says, But he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, my loving kindness. And my mercy are more than enough always available regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Therefore, I will, be, I will all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. In the CEV, it says, but he replied, my gift of undeserved, this is God speaking, my gift of undeserved grace is all you need. My power is strongest when you are weak. So if Christ keeps giving me his power, I will gladly brag about how weak I am. So I want to talk this evening and focus on. Grace as it concerns this. This says, My grace is sufficient for you. We've been talking about always winning. Yeah, we win and we believe that, and we're going to see the the correlation between grace and faith. But there is an aspect, yet you need to believe that, but we can't lose sight of the fact that God's grace is what's going to put us over in any circumstance. If you start shifting into the gear that it is all up to you to believe real hard, you will fail. Because now it's you. But thank God we believe God. You don't, we thank God for faith. But that's not the only subject in the Bible. And you guys know we're strong on faith. And we teach on faith a lot. But we, the, you know, like somebody said, if you, know, if you have a four-wheel drive uh, car, uh, truck, it's better if all four wheels are actually moving. Like if you're stuck in mud. It's better if they're all moving not just one. You know, if you got a four-wheel drive but there's only one one wheel moving, you're you're not going to go anywhere. But if you got all four, you can get you can get somewhere. Well, truths in the Bible, that's like, you know, different truths in the Bible. If you just focus on one, just have one to the exclusion of others, then then you can get into error. Okay, we don't want to get into error in any area, and that's not what we're talking about. But there's a there's different aspects. There's different truths in the Bible. That, that as we're walking through situations that we can draw on, that we can rely on, will the grace of God, His, His grace toward us, His help, His ability, we need to understand that without that, we can't do anything. And without that, there's nothing to believe. I'm going to say that again. Without grace... It doesn't matter what you believe. Grace is what puts... God, grace is God's ability that allows you or enables you to get through a situation. You believing that he can do it, it's his grace that actually enables you to do it. In other words, you could believe something really strongly, but if it's not actually true, or if the, the ability is not there, nothing would happen. See, God's grace is what makes it potential is the potential that makes it possible, and us believing it is what enables it to happen in our life. But don't lose sight of the fact that your faith is just receiving what His grace has already provided. And so when we're talking about always winning, we're going through a situation. We're maybe going through a tough situation. Don't switch into the mode where it's just all on you. That'll crush you. You want to believe God. You believe God, but you need to know His grace is there. What, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. Let's go look at it in the New King James, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, the one we just read, but put it back up in the New King James that we started with, verse 9. It says, He said to me, God said, My, my grace is sufficient for you. It means it's, it's uh, all you need. For my strength is made perfect in we- weakness. My strength, when you're feeling weak, when the, the we, when when pressure is pushing on you, his strength is actually strongest or complete. When you trust him in spite of the fact that you're feeling like you're tapped out, his grace will carry you over. Just don't let go of him. You believe. You need to believe Him and trust Him, but no, you just need to look at Him and go, God, I I can't see a way. I feel like I'm being tapped out, but know that His grace is sufficient. When you are feeling weak, that's when His grace is the strongest and will help you over, help you through. It says, therefore, I will gladly rather boast in my infirmities or weaknesses. You say that, uh, it says when I'm weak, you're... uh, when I'm weak, I'm actually strong. Infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In other words, I'll boast, I'm weak, yeah, okay, I'm feeling pressed, yeah, but God is with me and the power of Christ is with me, so I'm going over. Yes. See, don't slip into self-help. Don't slip into just just humanistic power thinking, you know, positive thinking. Power, positive thinking is good. It's better than negative, but what we really want is Bible thinking. We want to just look, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. God, you're taking me over. You're, you, are, you are strong in Him. Yeah. You are being led to what He wants you to do. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can do what he told you to do, not what you made up and said you're just going to do it. See, that's where the the things differ. We're not talking about humanistic, just strong thinking, and I can do anything in and of myself. No, that only gets you so far because there's situations you can't change. I can't change. But with God, where it's impossible with men, it's possible with him. What's impossible with men is possible with God. So we can trust him. And so go back to the verse we were just reading. Go to um, verse 9. The end of verse 9 that we were reading. We'll go into verse 10. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. He's saying when I'm doing God's for Christ's sake, when I'm doing what God wants me to do and I run up against a challenge, okay. He's saying I'm glory now. I'll take pleasure in it because I know when I am weak, then I'm strong through him. So his, even when I'm being pressed, I'm doing what he's called me to do. I'm strong in him, and so when I'm at my weakest, I'm at my strongest because I'm trusting him, and his power will not fail. And his grace is sufficient to put me over. Grace is God's ability working in me and for me, that which I could never accomplish on my own. I'm going to say that again. God's ability, grace is God's ability working in me and for me that which I could never accomplish on my own. So in the context, we're talking about always winning. Well, this needs to be an aspect. You need to know, yes, you can go over every time. Part of that's going to be God, you are, you're resting in him and, and, and uh, putting your trust in him to do what you can't do. Because if you're going to go, remember, we read, you're going to, if he's leading us in victory perpetually, perpetual uh, victory parade, and marching us on to victory, and he always leads us in triumph, well, he is leading. And where he leads, you're going to need to rely on him to get you through. But that's a good place to be. We want to rely on him. And we need to know that part of, if we're going to win always, you're going to need to, to rely on his grace to get you there. His grace is sufficient. Grace, another quote, grace is everything I will ever need to do what he's called me to do. Grace is everything I will ever need to do what he's called me to do. If God told you to do it, his grace is sufficient to get it done. His power is sufficient to get over. It's by God's grace, not your own strength. That's got to get done. It's by His grace, not our own strength. So don't put the emphasis on your ability or your strength. Believe He can make you to stand. Believe He is bigger than your mistakes and failures. And this is a big thing. When we're talking about winning, when we're talking about doing the plan of God and going over, Satan will try to come against you, remind you of where you failed, remind you of what you didn't do right to try to get you discouraged, get you defeated, and get you to believe that it can't happen now. And what we need to believe is that His grace, God Himself, is bigger than your mess-ups. Now, we're not saying you should go out and see, or I should go out and see how bad we can mess it up. And just see, well, it just doesn't matter what we do. No, it matters what we do, but we need to know God is bigger. And if, if you do miss it, you don't do everything right. You're not intentionally sinning, but you did something that, you know, you didn't handle something perfectly. Or even if you did something, you knew you shouldn't have did it, done it, and you did it. It was sin. If you sincerely repent, you come back to God and say, God, that was stupid. I'm sorry. Forgive me. God can lead you forward, and he can still lead you out. Okay, you don't get into a ditch and start pre- preaching, well, it just doesn't matter what you do. Just go do anything you want, and God will get you out. You know as well as I do, you can, you can do some really dumb stuff and, and dig yourself a hole. Why do you want to be in a hole? Sure God's a big God, but but why do you you got to exercise your faith more? Why do you want to do that? Nobody wants to do that. So that's just dumb. Don't that's that's bad doctrine. But is God gracious and merciful? Yeah, he is. And if you find yourself you did something stupid, well who in here hasn't done something stupid? We've all done something stupid. Give yourself a break. Make 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 more of the savior than your stupidity. Or your mistake. Don't don't make your mistake so big. I just you know God can't use me now because because what? Have you read the Bible? <laughs> you look at the people that He used. Paul was having people killed. You know, um, there's just there's so many people. I mean, um, now I'm blanking on his name, dude. That shit, Gideon, you know, Gideon's sitting there shaking in his boots, and he's, he's scared, and God said, I'm, I'm using you to go over in this thing, over and over in the Bible. Peter denies the Christ, denies Jesus, flat out said, I don't know the guy, and Jesus said beforehand, your, your name is Peter, Little Rock. You know, little pebble, but on this rock, on the word of God, I'm gonna build my church, but I'm gonna use you. No, the Bible is full of people that didn't do everything, you know, didn't didn't walk perfectly, and you don't glorify that. You don't say, Oh, that's that's great. We should just go try to mess up our lives as bad as we can. No, that's that's not good. But on the other hand, we need to say, regardless. If my heart's right, I'm going after God, then God can help me go forward. I'm winning anyway. And get our eyes off where you missed it because if you do that, Satan will keep you there and you will lose. Because you'll be so beat up and discouraged, you'll think there's just no use in going forward. And you're not going into the future. You're looking in the past. You're so uh, consumed with the fact that you missed it and everybody's missed it. And you don't want to be it. Be in that situation where you're just in a loop in your mind, replaying how you should have done something different, because it's not going to help anybody. Yes. I mean, we've all been there. You just—it's like you watch it in slow motion, and you just wish you could go, you could change. You just why didn't I? And just change, but you can't. But you can just—you could spend all day thinking about it and just torturing yourself and going over and over and over. And it doesn't have to. It could be big. It could be little, but regardless, you're stuck here. You're stuck in that moment of time. You're stuck in the past. You're not believing that God can go through and, or get you through and get you over. And what we need to do is make more of God than what we've done. Again, we don't go forward and say, well, you thought that was bad. Look at this, God. I'm going to mess it up. We're, no, we're saying I am going to do my... I am walking after you and I'm trusting you and I thank you for your grace I thank you that I don't deserve your favor, but thank you for your favor in my life, and you are bigger than my mistakes. You are bigger than what I where I've missed it. You're bigger than anything, and I'm going to go forward, and I'm going to win in you. I'm going to go over because you're bigger, and, and in the moment, you, you know, the thoughts try to go back to something you messed up. Say, so I'm not thinking on that. I'm thinking about how big you are. How big God is, and He's big enough. He's big enough to take me over. He's big enough to bring me on. And just you stay there and magnify Him, and just say how big He is in your mind. You, you—that's the defense. That's how you keep going. That's how you keep going when it looks impossible. And you know, you say, "But if only I would have done." If only, if only. No, go, God. You, you are able anyway. You're able anyway. I thank you. Now be led. Go to him and say, God, what's the plan? How do I do this? I, 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 wanted, I want your will. I want your way. But believe that no matter what happens, he is able to bring you through victorious. Always. You just that, That's part of always winning that you're saying no matter what, Lord, okay, that happened. Wish it wouldn't have. Wish this would have gone down different, but you have a way through. Rely on his grace. Rely, because you know what? Already, to, from the get-go, we're all saved by grace. Not a one in here, not a one in the world deserves to be saved. So you're already starting out needing grace. Okay, it's not a surprise that you might need it in a different situation in your life. So we're all in the place that we, we, when, we, when we were sinners, God sent Jesus to die and to be our Savior, to be the Savior of us when we didn't do anything to deserve it. We deserved hell. So if we started out like that and we're in a place where we feel like, oh, well, what, I need to rely on the grace of God. See, it's pride to think, well, I don't need the grace of God. You're in a bad place if you think that. Because you're, you're, you're already in pride, and you're, you're getting set up to fall flat on your face. Well, grace, that's for sissies. Grace, I mean, I'm, I'm saying, if you, if you think grace is like, well, you know, you only need that if you mess up, you're already deceived because you're not, you just look at yourself 10, when, when you look back at yourself in 10 years, and then you ask yourself, well, how was I doing? Uh... You'll see some things that uh, you, you're, you may not see now. I know if I look back at myself 10 years in the past, I, I realize I've grown some. <laughs> and I wasn't doing everything that, you know, as well as I thought I was. And I hope in 10 years when I look back, Jesus doesn't come back before then. I hope he does. But, you know, if we're still here and we look back, I, I, I hope to say, yeah, I've grown. Because yes. if I'm not growing, I'm not doing what I should. So, yeah, as well, you know, you think, well, I'm knocking out of the part today. Well, ask your future seller, you know, when, you, when you're in the future, go back and look and s- see if that's actually true. I remember Brother Hagen talked about how, you know, when he was a pastor, he pastored for 12 years before he went out on the field and God moved him on into different uh, seasons of ministry. But, you know, he said, yeah, I, he goes, I just thought I would his, I think he's like, you know, bang up job. I just thought I was just doing great as a pastor. And I looked back at it later and I said, Oh my Lord, what, what was I doing? I, I, I thought I was doing so well. And he realized he had grown. He realized he wasn't doing as well as he thought. Well, we're all like that. So we go on, we realize we, we, we need grace. We need to realize that, you know, thank God he doesn't dump everything that we need to change on us in one day. Just give us the list of every, where we're really at. He's so gracious and merciful, he just gives us one step at a time and tells you, why don't you change this? Work on this now. How about this? Do this. And think, So we all need grace. We all need mercy. But b- rely on his grace. Believe that he is big enough. Just believe that. Believe that no matter what, God, he's big enough. Even though my, you might be wincing, going, man, eh, wish I wouldn't. He's big enough, he'll see us through. And just stay there. Believe that. Just stay there and just stay on his side and believe that his grace is sufficient. Look at Ephesians 2, verse 8. Read some more verses here. Ephesians 2, 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone one should boast. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's through faith. So you've been saved by grace through faith. So it's by grace, but through faith. Faith is how you receive. Faith is how you believe. But grace is what made it possible. So you're saved by grace. But it comes to you through faith. So that's the same for, well, let's read this in a couple of other versions. It's the same for every situation. It says, for it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. In the New Living Translation, it says, God saved you by His grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. So so salvation, being born again, is made possible by what Jesus did. Now you receive it through faith. That's why the whole world, grace is the same to every person. It's not, it's not earned. So it's the same to the world. Grace has been extended to the whole world, but only those that believe, only those that act in faith and say, that's for me, I believe it, receive that grace. So in other words, the gift has been given to the whole world, but the only ones that are going to act on it or actually be born again and saved are those that believe. That's faith. Grace is the fact that it's available. Faith is what you do to make it yours. So if you don't, if you believe, see, people are believing false things all over the world that aren't based on the Bible. They're believing something, but there's nothing behind it to make it possible so that faith is in vain. On the other hand, grace has made it possible for everybody, but not everybody believes, so again, they don't receive. You have to have both, but don't forget, your faith has to have God's grace to supply what you're believing for. So... This is the same in every situation. You need something. You're you're facing a challenge. You need something. No, it's God's grace that's going to make it possible. Your faith is going to receive what God's grace provides. But if you can't just make... That's why you can't make something up and just, well, just believe this. It's got to be based on the Word of God... Or be based, I mean, it's always based on the Word of God, but it could be something specific that God told you by His Spirit to you. You have to have the Word of God in order to believe something. You can't make something up and go, well, I'm just going to believe for a million dollars a half hour from now. Based on what? Who told you that? See, that's why people get off in the weeds, they, they, and they give faith a bad name, because they just make stuff up and say, well, I'm going to believe it. Bel- how? Did God tell you by His Spirit? Did, is there a principle in the Word of God? You have to have His Word because what are you believing? See, if I told you something, you say, well, I believe, Jim. I believe, Pastor Jim. He said, well, that means I told you something. But if you just said, I believe, Pastor Jim, and I never told you, what are you believing? You're making something up. Well, we don't want to do that with God. But if we're in a situation, we can believe what He said in His Word, and we got to know that His grace is what's going to put us over. His grace is what's helping us through, and His grace is sufficient in every situation to bring us over. It's not us, it's Him. 2 Corinthians 3, uh, verse 4, this is the Apostle Paul. Writing to the church at Corinth, he said, we have such things or, and we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being of or from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Now he's talking about his calling and what, we're, what they're doing, but this applies generally. He's saying, we're not thinking that it's us that, that's doing it. We're not not thinking we are sufficient of ourselves to think it's from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. In other words, we're relying on God to do what we're doing. A couple other versions. It says in the voice, it says, don't be mistaken. In and of ourselves, we know that we have little to offer. But any competence or value we have comes from God. See, that's a good place to be. You realize it is not me. Uh, if I'm going to get done, it's, it's God. Now, God gave us a brain. God gave us ability. But we're not depending on those things. We're depending on God and submitting those things to God and saying, you know, it's not my great ability. It's not my great strategy. It's not my great intellect. It's, it's I am yielding to him and I'm trusting him. And if anything good comes, it's because of him. See, that's a good place to be because you're trusting him. You're trusting. See, that's faith. You're believing something. You're believing you're going to go over, but you're believing you're submitted to him, and he's the one that's helping you. Well, now you're in a good place. So you can't be pushed off, and you can't you're not going to get fall into that trap of thinking it's all up to you. You're going to say, well, I can't do anything anyway. I'm believing God. God, I'm trusting you, and everything I have is at your disposal. Lord, you just show me what to do, and no matter what it is, that's what I'm going to do because I trust you. And so here I am, your servant. Lead me on the way to victory. I'm just trusting you. In the CEV, it says we don't have the right to claim that we have done anything on our own. God gives us what it takes to do all we do. He gives us what it, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to do what we do, he's going to give it to us. Well, what's that? What's he giving? That's his grace. His grace is sufficient to put you over any time. What is our job? Believe that. Believe that he's helping us. Believe that he's bringing us over. So we need to know that we can go to him at any time and trust him. When you're feeling pressed, that's when you go to God and you say, Lord, I need your help. Show me. Bring me through. Show give I I need your help. Hebrews 4, verse 14 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So that means when you need it, you come boldly to God. You come boldly to him. And you say, Lord, I need your help. Lord, I need mercy. I need mercy. I need your grace. I need help. When you need help is when you need it. You find grace to help in time of need. So you need, you're in the middle of a a trying situation. You say, Lord, I need your help. Show me. Bring me through. Bring me over. Help me to, to get to the other side. Lord, I need your grace. And you know that Jesus isn't going. It doesn't say that we have, it says we don't have a high priest that can't sympathize with our weaknesses. But he was tempted as we are, so he's not going, dummy. He knows how you've been, how you've been pressed. And if our heart is toward him, he, he knows. He knows where we've been pushed. And if you, if you go to him and you say, Lord, you know, here's where I am. If you needed to repent, you repented. If you need to make correction, you made correction. Well, he is there as a gracious high priest. And so we can come boldly and say, Lord, I need help. And his help is there to bring us over to bring us through. His grace is there. And you may think your mind is telling you, man, you don't deserve it. You messed up too bad. You don't deserve it. Why are you even go it?" That's when we need to say, I'm putting that away. I, I just, I rely on the grace of God. I'm so thankful. He's so gracious that he's not that way, that he's not mean and he's not uh, judging like that. He is he is so gracious and merciful and he is patient. And so we come to him and say, Lord, I need your help. And it says that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. And when you need it, he's there. When you need it, when you feel weak, his grace is sufficient. And when you're weak, then you're strong because his grace is sufficient. will put you over when you're weak. Then you're the strongest because you fully rely on him. And you know, if, if you don't help, I'm not going over. If you don't help, I can't make it. Well, now you're fully relying on him and his grace is made perfect, made complete in that type of situation. Amen.